right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me from a distant location that uh, shall not be named is Rue. How are you doing tonight, Rue? From a distance. Oh, I wasn't even to bring uh, the Midler podcast back. Oh, wait, that was last week. Sorry. Yeah, that was totally last week. <laughs> the Midler. I was actually re-listening to that as I was putting together the upload for the podcast. We're ridiculous. We are ridiculous. We do not We, we totally missed it. We missed it. All together. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, this, ha- this podcast has absolutely nothing to do with Bette Midler. Mostly. So, mostly. Um, so, if you came for your Bette Midler facts of the day, you came to the wrong place. Sorry. Fact. Bette Midler has three heads. Wow. Two, see, I learned something already tonight. Two are kept in her gallbladder. Interesting. See? And I learned something. Thank today. you for subscribing to Bet Midler Facts. <laughs> to cancel, uh, please text cancel. When did when did podcast become movie phone? <laughs> you have chosen double my Bet Midler Facts. <laughs> did you know that Bet is that correct? <laughs> plus zero. Did you know that Bet Midler is actually an android controlled by a small person named Huevo? <laughs> Where where is uh Oh, I got to learn more. Where is Huevo? Where is Huevo located? Um <laughs> Thank you for subscribing to Huevo Facts. <laughs> Did you know that Huevo was actually an android created by Crispin Glover and David Lynch? Oh god, that's fantastic. Hey, you know what? Oh, are we doing a podcast? Yeah, we're actually doing a show. Oh, yeah. Um and we're actually, we, we might have a reason to talk about David Lynch in a little bit. Uh, we are, some of you out there are, are, might be wondering, or those of you that, that, that are actually still listening, uh, might be wondering what we're going to talk about today. Today is we should have the day, day instead. where we discuss that which we should never discuss in public. Wieners. Wieners. Yep. Nope. I like actually, mine with ketchup, no mustard. Really? Yes. And you do. blackened a, to a crisp. You're, you're such a liar. No, blackened I'm serious. To a crisp with only ketchup? Yes. Something's wrong with that. Mustard Have on you a, always done that? Yeah, mustard on a wiener's weird. What the hell are you talking about? I can't do it. Actually, mustard on hamburgers are weird, too. Mustard on hamburgers, to me, is a little weirder than mustard on a hot dog. Mustard is only good for... Turkey sandwiches, and also please use the correct nomenclature. It is wiener. Thank you. Wieners. Thank you. Uh, we are not talking about wieners. Well, we might talk about wieners, but in a different context. Because tonight we are talking about, well, we're asking really a question. Do politics, which is what I was actually referring to, belong um, in video games? Or gaming culture, depending on how you want to look at it. Whatever floats your boat. Knock down, drag out, fight. Right. I'm then sure join, this will be an eventful podcast. Join us next week when we talk about religion. Yay! Do religion belongs in video game? That will be the exact title. Yes. Uh, I, yes, and I, I will also continue to uh, mess up my grammatical constructions of plurality. Okay. Let's. Uh, so before we jump into the whole political kind of question, you're very antsy. You want to hear us talk about those things and get angry. Um. Which probably will happen. We are, lest I remind you folks, there are three portions of the program. And the topic du jour, which I just highlighted, is actually the second part. The first part happens to be the T and B, the tids and bits. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. 
The third part of the, of the program, which happens after the topic du jour, happens to be the question and answer portion of the program. If you would like us to answer your question live on the air, all you have to do is send us your question during the podcast, during the live stream. Imagine that. How do you do that, you ask? How do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because if you're following us uh, along with us in the chat, all you have to do is click on my name, Commodore128, in the upper right-hand corner. Send me a private message. That'll work. Also, you can tweet at me at It's the Commodore. Pick the best questions. And by the end of the show, we will have solved all of your problems. And return you to the black abyss that is your lives. <laughs> return you to the silent abyss. Silent abyss, I'm sorry. That is your lives. You made it so die, much darker. Die, die, big die. All right, so um, let's get to some news, shall we? Because I don't want to be here until, uh, you know, 1130 tonight. Is that okay, possible? let's okay. try that. Yeah, let's do that. News, go. Okay, so you were jokingly referring to David Lynch previously. Um, <laughs> I have joking some about news it. in regard to the the ongoing saga of whether David Lynch is actually developing and directing the new season of Twin Peaks, which is being put on by Showtime, which we've talked about previously on this program. Um, turns out, no big deal. He's back on the project. Everything is just fine. Now, uh, for those of you that are wondering why we're talking about this, why are we talking I, about this? So because I happen to be someone that loves Twin Peaks, and I also happen to be somebody that, <coughs> and, and I, I'm, you know, I, not that I watched it when it was on TV initially. I had no idea. But later on, I, I picked it up. Actually, I picked it up um, in the midst of Lost because I had been reading a lot, which is what Lost does, um, you about some of the inspirations for, for some of the storylines in Lost. and Gets you lost in a good book? Yeah, see, there you yeah. go. Get, get lost in, in some, some clever material. <laughs> it is Lynch sanity. Lynch sanity! See, now, you haven't said that in a long time. Uh, we should do a podcast on David Lynch stuff and call it Lynch sanity. That, that's a great idea. See, now, <laughs> now we're cooking with gas. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so David Lynch is back on, but he, the, here's why I think this story is interesting. How much Twitter has changed the way people report the news. So any of you that have been watching the whole, you know, deflate gate scandal happen over the last four months and how horribly that's been reported will also understand this. And that's a Giants fan, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're not a sports person, also, you know, this this whole David Lynch thing will show you as well. But there have been instances <laughs> in video games as well in terms of how people report video games. But essentially someone tweets something. And the source is not necessarily known. And because we live in a, in a world where people have to report the news as quickly as possible, they don't want to miss it. So they go and they write a story about it and publish it. And next thing you know, that, that, that tweet ends up potentially not being so, well, strictly speaking, factual. Um, and when, when that happens, you know, you end up basically creating the news cycle with a whole bunch of news that doesn't really matter. Or in this case, might have even been fake. Because apparently, David Lynch was never really off of the project to begin with. So, so you're saying that you can't necessarily trust everything that you see on the internet? You know that it's true, but 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 so you know you you think that would be common sense. But my issue is that Twitter has so fundamentally changed the news cycle now that it drives the news cycle more than probably anything else. You know, the whole NFL thing is like, oh well, look. 
Adam Schefter tweeted this and Chris Mortensen tweeted that. And it's just like it kind of feeds upon itself. You're, yeah. A lot of news stories nowadays will credit someone else, will credit someone else, will credit someone else, which really only goes back to one source, which might nowadays more or less not be a tweet that yep. someone kind of came up with with no verifiable uh, information. But that's the the day and age we live in where everything needs to be immediate. So or you're going to lose out. Exactly. So anyway, that was um, it was really about the David Lynch thing. But but more importantly, it's about how Twitter has completely and utterly changed the way that we uh, report news these days, which is just crazy to me. Anyway, your turn. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Lots of uh, TV news lately. Uh, Mad Men. This isn't I don't know how geeky this is, but I love Mad Men. So that just ended. Too. Well, wait. So, so let me I, tell I you have... everything about the end. Right now. Okay, I'm just gonna have to go uh, jump out the window because <laughs> you're a loser. Because I have, I still behind. have yet to see two episodes. But but let me ask you this: mm-hmm. I'm also a Mad Men fan, and have been for since really the beginning of the series. It's it's a fantastic show. Yes. It, before you know how everything kind of ended and everything else, what what did you think of this last season? Oh, I thought it was great. <clears throat> okay, I'm a little bit. I like this season better than last season. I think last season was a little bit kind of, okay, where are they really going? I didn't really feel like it was setting a lot of stuff up. So if you're not familiar with Mad Men, it is a drama. It's not really geeky related at all, but we're talking about it. So there, um, it, it talks about ad men or it's a show about ad men in 1960s, New York. Yep. It can be a little weird at times, a little bit out there in, in what it's striving for, but it's uh, pretty darn good. Uh, so I'd suggest it. Uh, yeah, looking, I, I feel this is a series that merits a rewatch, honestly, because mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot about specifics of the past few seasons, Yep, but I do remember things that stood out. <clears throat> One of the things is an episode called the suitcase, which you might remember. You might, if you don't remember the name of the episode, you probably remember it. It's, um, anyway, many people consider it the apex of the series and mm. I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but it actually wound up being the exact middle point of the series. Oh, weird. Interestingly. so, uh, But no, the ending actually was very interesting, I thought. Kind of Sopranos-esque in how it ended. Mm-hmm. In that it's a little ambiguous. Not yep. as ambiguous as Sopranos. But it took me, a, it took me a, a moment afterwards saying, like, wait, what exactly is going on here? Wait. That was the end. <clears throat> but then after reading a little bit more about other people's thoughts, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And it's awesome. So I uh, see. Cool. See, there I got something to look forward to. Two more episodes <coughs> and we can we can talk about it in, in more complete fashion. Yes. Uh, another, hey, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was also going to say a big TV week. The Flash just ended its first season on the CW. It's one of the biggest series in, in CW history. I love the show. This because is the One Tree Hill. Yes. Um, I don't remember what that was for a second. Uh, anyway. You I don't know any other CDC, CW shows. Uh, Arrow. Shows, Smallville. Uh, Arrow is a CW show? Zorba the Greek. That Now you're just making stuff up. Uh, Pretty Little Liars. Uh, Pretty Little Liars? Star Trek Next Generation. That was uh, not a CW show. Jane the Virgin. That's what I was trying to think of that whole time. Anyway, my point is, is that... <clears throat> Jane of Arc, or whatever it was called. Jane of Arcadia. Joan of Arcadia. That was CBS, like, two, oh, okay. two decades ago. Okay. Anyway. It was. It should have been on CW. Come on. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I could see that. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest checking it out. I don't watch Arrow. 
Uh, but Flash, in a, in a time where there's so much superhero TV shows and movies out there. Yes. And most people are, are you know, it's a lot of brooding kind of stuff. You know, like the, the Nolan Batman trilogy really showed, hey, if you have a really serious, broody, uh, realistic type of superhero movie, people will flock to it. Which, in some cases, is true. But mm-hmm. Marvel has been pretty good about injecting humor and fun into their movies as well. But there's still a lot of that stuff as well. Sure. Um, the Flash is just... It's not campy, but it's just having fun with itself. And okay. it moves It moves fast. Um, get it? And <laughs> it's, 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 a little, it's a little self-referential. It, there's a lot of stuff for geeks in there. Uh, anyway, I highly suggest it. And the series finale was awesome. So... Better or worse than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I never really watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Isn't that the same kind of shtick, though? Isn't the same similar mm, kind of? I have heard it related to a lot of, or or um, reference to a lot of Joss Whedon type stuff, and this is a little less on the nose, clever at times, as Joss Whedon written things tend to be. Yeah. Um, which, you know, some people like, some people don't. So, yes. Uh, on the other hand, Daredevil, which also came out on Netflix, <clears throat> which is like something different for Marvel. It's like a very dark uh, series. Uh, mm. It makes sense now why they put it on Netflix. Basically, the stuff they get away with in this show would not fly on ABC. Um, <laughs> it's also very good because it's, uh, it, it, again, takes what you are expecting from Marvel and kind of turns that on its head. It makes it a lot darker, more realistic. So it's nice to see these a lot of these companies kind of playing around with what they're able to do meanwhile things like the upcoming batman versus superman movie looks like it's just like no fun allowed (laughs) kind of and it's like uh i don't know screaming and you know dark Mm. batman and superman's turned evil and it's in this you know it it is it's kind of like this weird i don't know but uh, i was actually discussing with someone at work today we are probably quickly approaching peak superhero uh, saturation in the culture, kind of like zombies uh, a couple years ago. So, probably enjoy it while you can. But there is a lot of good content out there still that that's that's new and still coming out. Yes. Um, yes. What else? And we get? didn't even we didn't even talk about Game of Thrones and the big event that happened this week. Let's not. I'm not going to get into it, but I am definitely enjoying the current season of Game of Thrones. Actually, I am too. Um, yeah. I think they're doing pretty well for taking two books that are nigh unfilmable at this point in the series and, and putting it into a TV, form. turning them into something. <clears throat> yes. Um, if you, you probably have heard that there is a, there is a, not to spoil anything, but there was a rape scene in the most recent episode that has caused a Twitter on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, now, although, although really nothing graphic. Um, well, Regardless, it kind of plays into what we're going to talk about for the uh, actual yes. content of yes, this episode. Yeah. So we'll wait. Right. Um, and I think you had one other good nugget. Did I? Of news related to Nintendo. Um, and championships are, in the world. They win. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, when, 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 you said, when you said that, the first thing <coughs> that was people, people have already talked about how they hired Bowser in the chat room. You don't need to. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> Nintendo thing. Got it. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I, I was actually really pleasantly surprised to hear that this year at E3, which is coming up, we have no E3 news yet. Like next week. Next week. Figure some things out. 
Uh, there's actually a pretty entertaining ad in which Reggie decides to bring back the Nintendo World Championships. Yeah, for like first time in over 20 years. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I don't know all the stuff they're going to play and stuff, but hey, that's cool. Well, they're going to be playing basically the uh, championship uh, game from the NES Remix, which is an, ex- ah. an excellent game. Uh, some people are like, oh, that's kind of blah, but I'm ah, yep. fine with that. What I'm less excited about <clears throat> is that um, they're, only ha- they're only holding it in eight spots across the country, mm-hmm. only in the U.S., yep. and... Only Nintendo US championships. Yeah, and only two cities on the East Coast are (laughs) holding uh, regional events. Uh, So that includes like New York City and Miami, I think. It is really strange how they decided to spread out where these events are going to take place. So I kind of wonder if this was a last or a late minute decision. Yeah. And maybe they're testing the waters or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's. I'd rather they do it than nothing, because that's that's a nice little bit. Nintendo is great at stroking the nostalgia, stroking the nostalgia. So, if you are you gonna are you gonna hop in the uh, in the dusty old van and drive out to uh, <laughs> in through the desert to compete in the Nintendo World Championships? The old family truckster, the old family truckster <laughs> with a power glove. Uh, but speaking of, not to completely ignore your question, uh, did you see the trailer for the new National Lampoon's Vacation movie? No. Yeah. Did you know? No, I, that, I, I knew. I knew they were remaking it. I didn't. I haven't watched it. It's yet. got uh, Ed Helms. Let, let me ask you a, a very pivotal question about this, and you need to be honest with me. Okay. Does this movie have <clears throat> Chevy Chase in it? Uh, in a cameo role, yes. Okay, then I'll, I'll see it. Okay. That was it, easy. Yes. Uh I don't I don't know. I don't know. It the trailer made it look like it might not be terrible. Which hey, is better good. than I expected. So it's better than bad. It's good. It's good. Anyway. All right. There's our news. Uh enough friggin' news. I'm done with this <laughs> news thing. I hate news. Um, this is dumb. Um we're gonna move on to the topic du jour because that's what you all joined to, to hear us rant and rave about anyway. So we wanted to, you know, for better, for worse, I think we have seen really over the past, what, 18 months, I'd say specifically, a, a lot of rhetoric in the video game world about pol- overtly political issues. And um, we thought it would be a good time to kind of break this down a little bit to, to talk about what role or what place if any place at all do politics kind of stand or hold in within the video game world um or or does politics even hold a place exactly if if at all right and and actually let me jump in before you even get started because this is not anything new um we were talking before about things like uh, the Charlton Heston, which you already referenced randomly. Yes. Like the die, pig, die. Where he die, reads like, die, pig, die. This is the thing from the 90s where he like referenced uh, Ice-T lyrics and, and basically had Time Warner drop Ice-T from the label because of his cop killer album or something like that. Yep. I um, remember that. <clears throat> but I don't remember Charlton Heston saying that, but I do remember the controversy. You just remember die, pig, die. Cop killer. Um, yeah. Uh, but around that same time, not, that wasn't related to video games, obviously, but... Uh, there was uh, Joe Lieberman of of Joe Mentum fame, who uh, mm-hmm. 
a senator from he's not still senator is he no he, nope he quit uh a yep. senator from uh, connecticut who was championing uh, an end to violence in video games. This was around the time of Mortal Kombat and the Mortal Monday outcry and Night Trap and things like that. So I guess sex in, in video games, too. Yes. All uh, those nasty things. Yeah. And then that, that kind of led to the self-policing of the industry through the, through the ESRB, putting uh, ratings on games so that the government didn't right. ban things. Uh, and then since then, you've had uh, people like Jack Thompson, the somewhat infamous disbarred lawyer from uh, whatever Florida, Florida <clears throat> trying to get rid of violent video games, uh, trying to say that they've been, <clears throat> excuse me, influencing all sorts of violent crimes, etc. And right. then more recently, uh, you've had uh, I actually pulled this up. It was somewhere. Hold on. Oh, yeah. This, uh, in 2011, the Supreme Court actually struck down. This is in U.S. Uh, a California video game law, which mm. prevented the sales of violent video games to minors uh, mm. in a seven to two vote. So crossing party lines. And yeah, I know there's no parties on the court, whatever. Um, you know, they found that, no, you can't restrict free speech like that. Right. And that, and I mean, that's an international type thing. Uh, people from Australia, people from Australia who are like, <clears throat> they have some of the toughest laws for preventing the sale of violent video games in their country. Uh, they just don't trust people to, they, they literally prevent it from getting out. Right. And then more recently, you've been talking about, it's been less about violence and, and uh, well, it's been less about violence and more about sexism racism mm -hmm. in video games a lot of yes. places like polygon are now kind of infamous for their reviews about how like for example this past week the witcher 3 is a misogynistic uh racist uh game eight out of ten the, you know, the yeah like that. The, the the witcher 2 the witcher 2 i played like an hour of that and thought it was a disgusting piece of garbage and I'm not even it's not even because of any of those reasons it was bad. But I hear the third one's pretty good. And I like I've, how I've you, heard good you, things, yeah. I like how you put put that, you know, where where it's like, you know, Polygon and and, and you know, listen, I, I do read Polygon. I I actually dropped off of reading The Verge completely at this point, which has a similar ilk to it than Polygon. Um but anyway, with with, with Polygon, um those guys, there are, there are certain things I'm going to read, but it is almost comical to see them try to set the agenda with their political issues as much as they do. And I'm not just talking about the articles necessarily that they write, but the comments that they leave, um, some of the responses that they give. And, and to me, you know, it's like what you know, maybe that's their role. Maybe they feel like that is their role. Right. I mean, clearly. Well, not not maybe. Clearly, they do think that's their role. And I guess that that mm -hmm. that bodes an interesting question for us, too, about kind of media coverage about video games being politicized, which I think is very, very much uh, still in question as well, too. So all kinds of issues here, all kinds of issues to talk about. Yes. But I, I like your summation of some of the more, you know, just, a you know, last maybe 15, 20 years of, of some of the highlights of political you know, intersections with the video game world. Yeah, just just a little background. There's also another great one brought up by the chat. I think I think Sonic Rose maybe brought it up uh, when Resident Evil Five came out. 
which takes place in Africa, and mm. you know they're right. somehow are zombies, shooting zombies, and suddenly and, it's yep. about shooting black people in the face, mm. and you're a white guy, and that's racist. Mm. You know, so there's things like that. This is not at all new. It just maybe especially with things like the whole Gamergate thing, it seems like it's more prevalent. And with Polygon kind of coming out and saying that they move for uh, social justice in their articles and things like that. Like they, some people have actually come out and said that, that they are not going to apologize oh, yeah. for that. No, no. So, <clears throat> so. I, I don't, I, I think it's, it's interesting to me what that might mean to them. Um, I think you could read a lot of articles at, at Polygon and you could you could sit there and wonder about what half of the terms that they're that they're actually using mean to them. You know, what is it? What is it you say social justice means? You know, what is it you say tolerance means, Brian Crescent? You know, I mean, it's, it's you 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 get you get these all these kinds of uh, weird utilizations of the, you know, that they put forward in their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it, it makes it difficult to read. I will say that. And, and, and I say that as somebody who, who enjoys a lot of the content they put on that site. Um, oh, sure. So, they, they, they have some really great uh, in-depth reporting on that site. Their, their long sure. form journalism, I think is, is some probably of the, best. the best in the business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic, but some of their, their snippets and, and part of the reason that I had to get off the version now I'm, I'm, I'm moving away from the Polygon conversation is how they they've turned their own articles into the clickbait that they despise so strongly. You know, it's a, you know, one line total clickbait article that is opinion based and, you know, might be this long and it's just to get a political comment out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, <clears throat> that is, that's so you and I mm-hmm. sat on the panel, it was sat, sat in on the panel at PAX East where they were announcing Polygon and what their mission was and everything. None of that was a part of that conversation. Oh yeah. So I'm not sure where they, where they changed that idea. But and anyway, so, so red mage brings up an interesting comment. I'm, I'm curious what you think about it. Cause it might be, it might be parsing, but, uh, I'm sorry, Grubba said it. Uh, seems to me we're discussing political correctness in video games and yeah. not politics. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey. I would say that political correctness is a subset of politics, but not necessarily yeah. all that this encompasses. True. Uh, True. In fact, one. So, so, so the the overall or the overarching question here is: Is there really a place for politics in video games? If I want to sit down. And if I want to play Super Mario Brothers, do I have to feel bad or really give a lot of thought into, oh, wow, this whole saving the princess thing is is a real trope that you know takes right. away takes away the uh, uh, you know the power of the the female and and just de emphasizes her strength, et cetera, et cetera, sure. et cetera. You know. Um, I will say glamorizes the violence of the male character. Yeah, it takes away the agency of the princess. That's that's a phrase I was trying to think of. Um, Right. I will say, and we've mentioned this before, of the two of us, one of us has written a master's thesis on pretty much that. Pretty much that. So, in fact, one of one of the and 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 I I'm not sure that I necessarily called it a trope, but I called it thematic, which was the damsel in distress scenario. Um. Has it has Anita Sarkeesian stolen that phrase from me yet? Or is she, <laughs> she decided not to use it. Um, so, yeah, so, so would you like to speak to that then? Well, yeah. I mean, 
how, me, how you feel about it. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Video games are, are an artistic venture. I think you and I both agree about that. It is something that takes creativity. And it is a way that people express themselves and a way that people can also um, experience uh, a, a piece of art or, or an artistic venture as a, as a user, as a player, right? And so that means there is, there is encoding of messages and there is decoding of messages, right? Um, many of those are overt. Many of those are not. Um, the reason I wrote ab about video games, and I think the reason anybody writes about art in general, is because art has the power to convey those kinds of meanings. That means, by and large, I mean, you know, it's kind of a free speech issue to a certain extent. It, people are always going to, through artistic media, you know, represent issues that either imitate life or, or try to shine a light on life. The same way that satire does, you know, in, in, in television and in films, right? The same way that a movie about a story or about people is not really a, a perfect reflection of society. It's, it's fake, but at the same time, it, it reflects back at society at the same way where, where it shows a spotlight on certain issues. Video games do the same thing, okay? It just so happens that nowadays they look a hell of a lot more realistic and representative of life than they did 20 years ago. Um, but that's what they do. So in anything, in any artistic medium that does that, that speaks to truth, that speaks to our lives, you have the, the possibility of either, you know, horribly misrepresenting it, of um, politicizing it. What, what I wanted to do was because I, I had set out with kind of a mission of saying, listen, video games by and large have a lot of sexist overtones. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. That, that's, a, that's like a fact. Okay. But video games, to a certain extent, are a reflection of our society, which have similar sexist overtones. But, but to me, that was not, that's not what this was about. It, it's, it wasn't about pointing that out. To me, that was almost like fiated in. It was more about how what what kind of tropes can someone defy and what are positive examples that we can set so that people can start to understand that there are characters out there there are stories out there there are games out there that are promoting different kinds of ways of thinking about female uh, or actually I would, I would say female identity which is a political issue Right. It just so happens that that is a political issue. Yeah, it's a very hot one right now. Absolutely. I just happened to be way before my time, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why it was important for me to write about it is because I thought it was it was good to be able to show good examples. Now, does that mean that I think every game that ever came before it that doesn't necessarily use or utilizes those specific tropes or or doesn't blow those tro those specific tropes up is actually <clears throat> a bad game? Or, sex, no. or sexist or sexist. No, you know, I, I think what what we have to do is we have to take everything in context. And I think in order for just like what you said about uh, George Martin earlier, the idea that the Game of Thrones to a certain extent is a representation of us. It's it, it's not it's not exactly us. It, it, you know, he's not telling a story of us. Right. But in some ways, it's, it's very realistic because it's meant to show us some of the ugly flaws in our own society. 
That's very possible in something like Game of Thrones as much as it's very possible in video games as well. So the fact that those things are there, look, th think about Grand Theft Auto V. Grand Theft Auto V can be a difficult game to play because it's, it's got a lot of crap in it. But you oh, know yeah. what? A lot of that crap is just a reflection of what you would see walking down the street in some of these places that it represents, right? So, and yes, there's lots of murder, there's drugs, there's right, lots of bad things. Right. As far as I know, there's no rape, uh, which is the hot button thing right now, yes. as we were just talking about with Game of Thrones. So if there was rape in the Grand Theft Auto 6, how do you think that would be taken? <laughs> by by the the world at large. That's a mildly uh, rhetorical question, but oh, you froze, you son of a bee! I didn't mean to. I'm not. I'm trying not to freeze. <laughs> put I, on a I, fire. I, I I put my fire helmet on. So um, you know, of course there would be revolt and 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 people would riot in the streets. But I I find it interesting. That it seems like that that the the rules of the game for the folks for the for the ilk of these folks that are trying to kind of shut down something like sex or something like rape in in games or those kinds of things. Not that I'm saying that I, I approve of those things. What I'm saying is it's it seems interesting to me that there are only some elements of society that they want to reflect accurately. And there are other things that we absolutely should should totally whitewash. We should paste right over it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So to me, the interesting political question and where where politics sit <clears throat> in, in video games right now is no one – I think it's difficult to understand where that line exists over what should be representative of, of society and what should be whitewashed. So this is, this is interesting. So I, I – Oh, heavier conversation, um, which is to be expected. But yeah. in the comments, there are people saying that um, uh, Trevor. So I haven't played Grand Theft Auto Five. I assume Trevor mm -hmm. is a is a character in it. Yes. But uh, someone's saying that if they recall correctly, he was kidnapped and raped off screen. So if that's the case, that is interesting for other reasons. In that, that's a male that in theory was raped. I have heard nothing about. Um, yeah. I, I can't. I because can't. it's not. That's not. The, that's not the narrative, right? So that, that stuff well, doesn't that, need to be whitewashed. That, right? And then that's because it happens less often. To the point where I actually had a serious conversation with someone a week or so ago, <clears throat> and they said, "In all seriousness, well, men can't be raped." Right. And I said, "Really? Yeah. Seriously?" Um. So, having said that, I understand that for a lot of women. Whether justified or not, rape is almost constantly on their minds. They're constantly afraid of that because sure. it, because it's more common, right? Uh, less common in Western society than it was at probably any point in history, but still, it happens more than zero, which is bad, yes. obviously. Terrible. Right. For that reason, as you were saying, should it be whitewashed? Should it not be depicted? Should should anything, and for that matter, should anything that really triggers people. Or is upsetting not be depicted mm -hmm. in video games. Yes. Something which is, yes, ostensibly a form of art, at least in some instances, as we talked about very recently. Yep. Sure. Or, or if it's something that drives along the story or something that's worthwhile, um, 
is it a is it allowable? You know, is it okay? Yes. Do we have that free speech to have a game where there's rape in it? You know, uh, you know, without having a uh, lot of um, people saying that it it should be censored. Depend, yes. Depending on who you're talking about. Some people say it should be censored. Some people just want to shame the people who made it. Uh, yep. uh, Hotline Miami is another series that's towed the line with violence. or Not towed the line, but jumped over the line with violence yeah. and sexual violence, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like those games, mostly because I just don't like how the game plays. But right. I, I, I figure... And you would say the same thing about Grand Theft Auto or anything else. Yeah. Because Grand Theft Auto is a lot of fun. So, 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 so I, I mean, I, again, I kind of put forth the... Um, uh, the the rhetorical question to you because I think I know how you're going to answer is that okay that that games are allowed to depict something that could be uh, sexist or 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 misogynist I mean because or or flat out horrible like rape or killing um you know I think yes I I, I think it is okay and I think what what ends up what ends up to me making the decision about whether something uh, contributes to a societal conversation or is just total schlock um, or, you know, whatever garbage, what have you, is, you know, whether or not people find the concept at all interesting, <clears throat> buy it, spend money on it. And continue to um, play it because of the, the you know the, the the fun that is that is incumbent upon the um, you know uh, for, for the experience um, so on and so forth. So you know I, I think if if one were to put in a, a scene, you know, I, I, you and I talked about about Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, I know this is a TV example, but one of the ways that I was I, I had initially talked to some folks about watching Game of Thrones, the, the show, was that you had to get over to some extent the fact that in the first season, to me, it was very clear they were just throwing boobs everywhere just to try to get people to watch. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, was like, earlier in the show, that was more of a thing, too. That was that was more of a thing for them. They were trying to keep an audience and try to an audience. That is catering to the least common denominator. I find that insulting. And to be honest, you and I already had this conversation. We had this conversation live on this show that almost made me stop watching the show. Sure. Because I found that insulting. So like, wh why do you need to do that in order to get me there? But mm -hmm. their right to be able to show that kind of stuff absolutely is there. I can vote with my feet and not watch the show, just how it happens to be probably one of the most popular shows in television history now. But you, you know what I mean? It, people, it had something to say, so people got past <clears throat> that point. And, you know, there are rape scenes in movies that have done great things about uh, opening dialogue about rape in real life. The same thing is very possible in video games. And so for me, yes, there, there's no question. The depiction of those kinds of things are not only, um, not only should they be allowed, obviously, but I think we should leave, you know, controls about how things are sold to children is a totally different issue. You know that. But mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. so but, you know, we, we take a similar approach to how we sell movies and how we sell music and everything else. But, uh, you know, my ability to 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 create something that I believe has that message and will be bought and will be will be, you know, um, uh, played and everything else absolutely should be there. Why not? Why wouldn't it be? 
I would I would agree. Uh, I would also throw in there that uh, the most important thing anyone can do is is like you said, vote with their feet or their eyes and uh, or their wallets and not support something that they don't like. If you if you're playing a game, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto. Or you know within Grand Theft Auto there is a murder or a rape scene or whatever, and you don't like it, don't play it. Uh, mm. Furthermore, then, don't try to censor something one way or another. Uh, there is a soft form of censorship going right now, uh, going on right now in a lot of games media, uh, which um, paints with a broad brush. Trying mm-hmm. to, sh- it's not trying to get the government to stop people from doing things. It's yes. try or, or or change. It's trying to shame people into changing yes. how they design games. It's it's a softer yeah. form. It's a little bit more insidious. It yeah. happened more recently with Polygon's review on Witcher Three, like I just mentioned, uh, where there were points made like, "Hey, there's no black people in this universe." That's you know, but the thing is, is something that's set in a Norse fantasy type theme. Uh, it, it, does that make someone racist? for right. not putting a black person in that or, or actually there is a black person in it but is one not enough or if a if there's sexual violence against a woman in a fantasy type theme like that whether it's game of thrones or a video game does that make the person who wrote it someone who glorifies rape right no or just acting out their own fantasy in their <clears throat> material or whatever yeah have you. I, I mean and I, i'm gonna go out on a, on a limb here and say no uh, does that mean that rape can't be glorified? Gl- gl- what? That's not glorified. a word. Glorified? Of course yeah. not. Uh, there are, hor- you know, there, there's definitely ways to fetishize and glorify rape and violence. Uh, Most of anything. Is yeah, rape. but you have to yeah. use your common sense and and right. and to attack game designers because they have things that make you uncomfortable. Some things are meant to be uncomfortable, frankly. Uh, in yep. a game or in any form of medium, just because it's uncomfortable in there doesn't mean that they are glorifying it and that they are saying this is a good thing. No, or that they're trying to be racist or sexist. No, um, and 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 I think the subconscious aspect to this is what's important, right? So, you know, I think there is the question of something of whether something is overt or whether something is, you know, birth of a nation 100, is hundred years old. 100 years old and by and large considered a cinematic masterpiece <clears throat> but it is a racist film it, it is it, specifically about yeah. a racist issue okay it's it is probably one of the more important films in early cinema from a, from, from a lot of aspects but right. i don't but, think many people today would say yeah i agree with that message from it of course not you but know. they can look at they can look at it objectively and they can say huh Look at some of the advances. Look at some of the things that they're doing here artistically, which have now been been replicated thousands of times over. It's not necessarily about what the movie itself was about. Um, that is overt ideology in an artistic medium, right? Mm-hmm. But if I have something else, right, where Avatar, I know we keep talking about movies instead of video games. We should totally like start focusing on video games well stop it i know so this is totally my fault Uh, but just to finish that 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 analogy then we'll move into video games is avatar is much more and i know i know it's ham-fisted as hell so really it's not very well hidden but there there's it's 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 more below the surface it's supposed to be a political theme there that you're not overtly thinking about it just kind of slips it in to your 
avatar beverage so that you walk out of the theater going, yeah, we got to defend our natural resources and I can't believe we're killing all these people. And well, you know, I mean, like it's, it's all these, it's all this thought, right? So to me, there is, there is a lot to say about subtlety versus, you know, being overt about those kinds of political ideas and people make video games in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't have, you know, mostly at this point, because these are games that by and large make no money and are horribly unpopular. But they're social games, right? Games that are, that are indie social games. They're supposed to talk to us a little bit about a social issue. I don't need to play a game to, to be able to digest my morality. But I can learn something about morality by playing video games. I've said, I've said that for years, right? Mm-hmm. And that is your choice. That's my choice. <clears throat> you know, Sonic Rose made a great point the, mm-hmm. about the, the inverse of the damsel in distress, which is that someone is in distress. Should we not try to go help them? There is something about that, right, that, is, that has nothing to do with the gender and or sex of the people involved. But instead, it's about striving for something, number one, even though you're going through a seemingly endless maze of levels uh, or, or tribulations, if I'm going to extend the metaphor. But also about helping people when they're in need, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. That's not overtly written into the story, right? It is something that we have to pull out of that. It's something that we as artistic uh, critics understand, because we play it. But that's not because we get pounded over the head with it. It's just something we pull out of the game. And we hope that that is something that subconsciously helps to inform our consciousness. That, to me, is ten times more interesting than whether or not a rape scene is in a game. Or whether or not There's an even Witcher number. 3 is racist. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and and as an addition, uh, I know this has been said before. I, I, don't get, I don't have the feeling that many people who are on the opposite side of the spectrum... Uh, like the writer for I can't think of his name for for uh, uh, Polygon will will listen to this. Uh, he would never listen to this anyway. But no. I don't think he he would listen to this and say maybe I'm actually I might be being sexist right now. It might be a woman, but regardless, uh, they would listen to this and say, oh yeah, you're right. There's probably not a lot. Of, you know, there's probably a lot of people who would disagree with this issue, and we might not change their minds. But you know what? We're willing to have the discussion, mm. um, and the. Uh, the, the, oh, I got really mad. There was a game. I told you about this beforehand, but there's a Game of Thrones podcast I've been listening to that I won't name, but I unsubscribed from it today because they were talking. And again, we're not talking about video games, but quiet uh, because they were discussing the rape scene in the latest show and how they hated it. And there, it, there was no reason, hated it. no reason for it. Uh, it was glorifying rape, et cetera, et cetera, all these things I disagreed with. And then they ended the podcast with saying, and by the way, don't, don't like tweet at us or, or comment and say, or, and disagree with us because we don't want to hear it. We'll just block you. Yeah. They literally said that. They said, remember that, that this you'll be free and open exchange of discourse. Exactly. It was like, we, you know, you can't, you can't argue this with us or you're defending rape. You can't defend rape. Yeah, and I'm like, that's, ah. That's awful. That that is not completely closing yourself off to even having a philosophical discussion. That is offensive. Um, and anyway, my point I was gonna say was with video games saying something like Witcher Three. Actually, you know what? I was searching for Witcher Two 
and 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 polygon and sexist because I was looking for the com uh, the uh, uh, an old article or, or maybe it wasn't Witcher it was some other game I was looking mm-hmm. for something that I remember reading about months ago maybe even a year ago where something from polygon said this game is sexist really going off I mean on the, it. the Witcher two was I'm, a disgusting horribly sexist game but it was also trash it just sure. wasn't good and then witcher 3 popped up which happened just a few days ago so this is this is a recurring thing for polygon yeah. and other other uh media outlets my point is is that uh if you say something is sexist or racist or uh, rape culture etc cetera, etc cetera, if it has anything that could possibly be conceived as that if you squint at it hard, if you keep saying that over and over, it's really the boy who cried wolf. And, uh, you know, going to quote a little bit from The Incredibles, which is one of my favorite Pixar movies, when everyone is super, no one is. If everything That's is sexist, nothing is sexist. You know, it just completely true. dilutes the word. It completely takes away the power of of things that are actually disturbing and harmful in our culture when everything is labeled as that it, it dilutes everything and yes it, it also it becomes what we talked about previously on this on this very program it becomes overdetermined, which means that now the concept of what is sexist is meaningless it's completely meaningless because it means so many different things to so many different people that it doesn't mean anything at all collectively so i i mean there's something to be said about that but then on the other hand to me, there is, uh, you know, to go to the, the Sigmund Freud example here, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes, <laughs> I love a, that you know, sometimes Mario jumping over a pit is just Mario jumping over a pit. This is not him overcoming obstacles. This is not a, a, a tale of, of human achievement in, you know, pixelized form. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a, a measurement yeah. of your reaction capability for your hand-eye coordination. It's, it's, That's all it is. It's not Miyamoto uh, propping Imbuing up the, the patriarchy. Ideological positionings within Mario. It's none right. of those things. It's just fun. It's just a game. And... And th- there's danger. There's a danger in saying everything is just a game too. I'm not. That's not. No. My and we've discussed this before about how video games can be art, but in a lot of ways are not. It's just a game. It's yes. just an, an amusement. It's like right. playing war or something right. or some other card game. You know. Right. Anyway. And you can you can say that there are some people out there that are demented for playing certain kinds of things. Right. I mean, in in Japan, there are dating sims that are incredibly popular. Right. Um, that married men play all the time. It's a different cultural construction. But my point is that that as exotic as that might look to, for us, it be, it's it's an interesting simulation for them, right? So to me, it's it, it's less about that, you know, uh, confirming and continuing and propagating the patriarchal hegemony in Japan. And more kind of a reflection of giving people what kinds of things they respond to and being able to sell it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there, that is a huge part of this. <laughs> if video games are not fun, if video games are boring, if video games are preachy, a lot of times they aren't very much fun. 
And if those things happen and the video game isn't fun, then no one's going to buy it and no one's going to play it. So Depression Quest. Depression Quest. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to play it. No one cares. I, I, I'm sorry if you're depressed because no one bought your depressing game. It didn't, it's not going to teach me anything about depression. H have a nice day, right? I can look that up on Wikipedia. I, my, my issue mm. here is, is more along the lines of how, you know, to me, the, the ultimate form of expression is to be able to say this is speech that is protected. You can put it out there and then people can digest it or people can totally ignore you. In my case, there's plenty of stuff that I don't connect with and I totally disconnect from it, right? I mean, it's The Witcher. I, I, I went off the reservation. Like, maybe this is a good game, maybe it's not, but I think it's terrible and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just done with it. Whether it is overtly continuing sexist hegemony or not, yeah, I don't care. But you're done with it and that's right? your choice. Right. And now I didn't buy it and it's over, <clears throat> right? And, and if other people buy it, that's, that's, that's their deal, right? So... Um Video game music professor in the chat has a a good point, which might be somewhat controversial, but I think it's worth saying. Whoop! It just went off the page. Hold on a second. Perhaps whoop. the perception and boop. Perhaps the perception and announcement that something is sexist is sexist is an industry. The point is not to inspire change, but to say something that will make you money. And just to be clear, I don't agree with that with everyone. No. But there are definitely some people like that. One person in particular who has made quite a bit of money off of Kickstarters and uh, speaking engagements has a mm. vested interest in yes. pointing out all of the conceivably sexist things in video games. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. And, and, and that doesn't make her a awful person that should be, no. uh, you know, killed or, or, or anything even close to it. What no, I hey, do listen, is I just say, I just say like, okay, cool. I'm going to go play my video game now because yep. I just can't, and that that's my stance is is the the whole thesis of this whole conversation can be that video games are a battleground uh, for controlling what can be shown in them the same way that every artistic medium is through history it, yes exactly the same yes and and in my mind let it be you know free speech rules i completely agree and and these things evolve over time and that, that censorship is something, by and large, that, that's done in, in, in cultural context. Um, but by and large, you know it as well as I do. You know, you, you, you get on, you know, the HBOs of the world, the Cinemaxes of the world, the stretched, um, Showtimes of the world stretched the concept of what was acceptable on even cable past kind of the broadcast concept, right? Um, video games have done the same thing. There are things that would never have been acceptable 20 years ago that are now commonplace in video games, like rampant cursing. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have seen that you know, 20 years ago. Son of a submariner. Yeah, there was something going on where that was just not acceptable. Those things happen culturally. doesn't mean we need to keep it out. It, it just means that, that maybe we need to be better critics and, and better digesters of uh, the different games that are out there. And I think the market bears that out, if we're being honest. Um, not always, but it bears it out. Uh, good games do, do well regardless of you know, some of their, their flaws in that regard, and, and bad games don't. There are exceptions to that rule, of course, in both directions. But I, I think... 
the political bound, uh, battleground that is video games gets decided by and large by who buys what. And I feel pretty comfortable with that. Without the government or the Verge, uh, not the Verge, um, Media, Polygon, <laughs> telling me what I should or shouldn't enjoy. Well said. Yeah. The end. So let's, 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 go, let's go write him a letter. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think those guys really care about what we think. We have we really only I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I don't know how you feel, but I'm a little disappointed because I feel like we only really scratched the surface of this topic. And we still went over time. We still went over time. Uh, there is so much more to talk about here, folks. Uh, we, we, of course, unlike uh, other people on the Internet, that shall remain nameless. We, we invite criticism and we also invite in the feedback that you have so there's plenty of other places that we could have gone with this argument one of the things i always challenge you listeners with or watchers it's kind of creepy uh is <laughs> yeah um watcher is, three yeah watchers three um clan of the gray wolf clan of the gray wolf if you actually it is clan of the gray wolf that's pretty cool so if you if you have a suggestion for what you think maybe how we could refine this topic to do another show. If you have a another suggestion as to what you'd like to see the topic du jour be in the future, done it before, do it again. Just let us know, and uh, we will get right on that. Okay. Um, wrapping up the old political conversation, why don't you let people know that we are actually, indeed, a real live podcast. That is true, uh, and eventually gets updated. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Android, uh, Stitcher, uh, uh, Tin Can. Just search for Echo Screen or Echo Screen Live. Probably you can find us with just Echo Screen, but Echo Screen Live, you'll find us on any of those things. Uh, please feel free to rate us, especially on the iTunes, because it makes us happy. Uh, subscribe, download, love us, and le- don't leave us. I am going to start off. Paul Blart, the- game journalist. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, I am going to start the question and answer portion of the program doing something I haven't done before, which is ask a question of some of the folks in the chat because I've been watching. That's ridiculous. I know it's just this is just You're this out. show is just this this show has jumped the shark so bad. You're out of the family. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's getting to be an awfully small family these days. Um, <laughs> Not small enough. Yeah, small enough. Die, big die. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> What uh, several of you have been talking about some of the and, and this is because we have the video game music professor who happens to be um, in the chat. But uh, several of you have been talking about the entire time about uh, some of your interest in music theory and uh, something that I, uh, I I I absolutely love music. I just happen to have not much talent for it. The so I have to ask people like you this kind of a question. I have a question for you. The first. This might be a really simple and stupid question. If so, I am so sorry. But if any of you could, could clarify this for me, I've been wondering this for a while. Take the first, the Game of Thrones theme song that plays, right? It says the, the main title sequence, right? The first two bars of the title sequence. Dun, uses, dun. I want to know what that technique that he's using is called, where basically... He plays exactly the same notes uh, in those first two bars, but it has a completely different feel. And I can't tell if that's just because he changes the the key 
of the harmony behind it. Random ass question. But I need to know. I need to know. So please, somebody help me out. What happens in the first two bars? Actually, I think I know what that is. That's called. uh... Oh, there you go. Good. That's a technical term. It is is definitely. Yeah. 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 Good. That's right. Glad we figured that out. Yep. Okay. uh, Anyway, I'm asking for all of your help. Now, how about we get into a little question and answer portion of the program? What do you think about that? I think. Yes. Oh, okay, good. Uh, good to see that Cooper agrees. Grubba asks... Always agrees. See? See? What is your favorite movie based on a video game? Mm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. That's, <laughs> is that, yeah, I guess that's based on a video game. Kind of. Yeah, based on I, a lot of video games. I definitely placed the, or played the video game before the, the movie came out <laughs> if that doesn't count yeah i guess it kind of counts i was i was thinking i was mulling it over uh man there's a lot of like tricky ones <clears throat> like uh there was last starfighter which was supposed to be a video game but wasn't and there's was also cloak and dagger which i think was did that actually become a video game in conjunction with the movie I don't know. Cloak and Dagger, man, that movie when I was a kid was scary. It's a good movie, though. You ever seen that? With no. the, the kid from E.T., I think. No. And uh, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. No. Uh, no what's his? No. Stacy McClanahan. Uh, Rue George. Rue McClanahan's uncle? What's his name? The guy who's got, like, a name, except he's got, like, a mustache, and he's a manly man. All right, I'm looking this up. You You answer. Carol O'Connor, close, uh, but no. Uh, my favorite movie based on a video game. The original Resident Evil was pretty good. That it wasn't. It wasn't terrible, I suppose. It wasn't terrible. The rest of them are terrible. Dabney Every- Coleman. No, no idea. You don't know who Dabney Coleman is? No. He was in Nine to Five. He was in Tootsie. He I was in have- You've Got Mail. He was in War Games. Okay, good for you. Oh, I hate you. He was um, in the Pound Puppies TV series as the mayor. That, that, that's how you know you're reading too much into IMDb. That's, that's when you know I'm reading IMDb. When you know, when you know you're talking about Pound Puppies. Um, Dang, he's been in a lot of stuff. First Resident Evil was good. I would say I, I'm really bummed they never made a Halo movie because Halo was so perfect for the, for the, the movies. It's unbelievable. I did recently watch Forward Unto Dawn. On Netflix, which tells a story that happens before Halo, um, and it wasn't all that great. It had uh, what's her face from uh, *Line the Witch in the Wardrobe*. So what you're saying is that's not your answer. Yeah, because it wasn't good. Like *Halo* to me would have been a great movie, but that one just didn't. I, I, I'm leaving something horrible out here, but Dabney Coleman has been in everything. Sorry, this is important. Need for Speed. I don't know. I, I, I would, I would say the original, the original Resident Evil. You did really like pretty, that, that movie. I did. I did. I liked it. Maybe a little bit too much. <gasps> Pitch Perfect Two. We should watch Pitch Perfect Two. No. No. Next question. Next question. That wasn't really a question. It was more of a statement. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> 
All right, I need you to keep watch to make sure. Oh, here we go. It's not the same. It just changes the arpeggio from the minor triad to a major one. See, that's what I was trying to figure out. That's what that's Cooper, it. That's what Cooper said. See, that's that's it. Thank you so much. Changes the arpeggio from a minor triad to a major one. That's this is why I come out here. You I, guys help me out. Okay, I don't even know what you're talking about, so I'm gonna have to find this now. It's the beginning of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, just, just so people who have never seen Game of Thrones can know what the hell you're talking about. Okay, here's the beginning of the of the movie. Okay, sure. Minor, minor, our our triad into the Pagio. Okay, next question. Yeah. So it was, it was good. <laughs> um. Okay, let's 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 move on, shall we? War Games uh, is also a great movie. Anyway, War Games is a great movie. That has it was. nothing to do with the question. There's a video game in it. Global thermonuclear war. Anyway, tic tac toe. Um, How about a nice game of chess? Tanch asks, "What are your favorite handheld games? Anything from Game Boy to Game.com applies." <laughs> <laughs> was it game.com game or GameCom? It's just GameCom, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with N-Gage. Yeah, the N-Gage. The, the uh, N-Gage is fantastic. The Game Taco. Um, the Game Taco. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man. The Nintendo uh, DS was an excellent system. For a lot of different reasons. Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's talking about games. He said handheld games. Yeah, not handheld game systems. Well, okay. If we're talking game systems, I'll say that. If we're talking standalone games. Yes. Um, boy, we have might go into those LCD games from like, like the Tiger Electronics. Tiger. Yeah. I had, I had Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. It's Street Fighter, the, the Tiger Street Fighter, and I had, uh, I had a bunch of those. I had a real Ghostbusters one when I was a kid. I don't think it was Tiger, but mm. I actually enjoyed it. Um, man. Oh, I had Double Dragon as well. Double Dragon. I remember that. <clears throat> uh, yeah, this is what it is. Um, who made it? Ha! 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 Video game music professor comes through again. The technique you're looking for is sequence. I think you found a new because, best friend. Because the motive is moved around to different pitch levels, the intervals change slightly. It, almost imperceptibly, I would argue, which is why I had such a hard time with this, because I was singing it in my head, resulting in the different feelings that you described. See, this is this is fantastic. So you guys helped me a lot more than I helped you today. Thank you. More importantly, the real Ghostbusters game that I played as a kid, which I actually really enjoyed, was apparently made by Remco. Uh, but it was it was fun. I liked it. I should find it again. Um, I'm sure it's on eBay for like 20 bucks or something. So I actually like all of the uh, Metroidvania Castlevania games for Nintendo DS. They're all very, very good. I found that entire, all those series were just fun to play. So I, I would put those down as right at the top of some of my favorite handheld games. You know, Mihi123 makes an excellent point. Elite Beat Agents is one of the best guilty pleasure games I have ever played. It's a good game. It is amazing. I not only beat the game, I perfected it. Perfected it? Perfected it. Perfected it. I like got all the high ranks on everything just because I had so much fun playing it. Makes me sad there was no sequel, uh, no American sequel. <clears throat> you know what? Uh, special special um, dispensation 
goes to uh, the original like LCD football or LED football games from the 1970s. Um, I don't can't remember who made them if it was Atari or someone else. Uh, but you can like download apps onto your phone that literally mimic it. It's it's just like three rows of LEDs uh, and multiple columns, and you have like a set of downs to you know carry the ball to the finish line, the finish line, mm-hmm. the end zone. It's actually really fun surprisingly still so that's cool yeah still really good um gosh and, and I, I know that i've, I've played uh uindan whatever it's called uh the the jet like what elite beat agents is based off of in oh. japan the thing is one of the things i really like about elite beat agents and why i say it's such a guilty pleasure is the songs that they use mm. you know like the 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 covered versions of like pop songs from the late nineties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, uh, um, like some 41 or something like that. I don't know. There's like a uh, bunch of different ones and material girl. It's just like so goofy and correct. fun anyway. Yeah. yeah. Goofy is the right word for that, but it's, it's, it's yeah. Good. And it helps that's familiar music. Yes. Uh, Sonic Rose. Good to have Sonic Rose back in the program. Asks, what is your favorite summonable creature in a video game and why? Mm. Not limited to Final Fantasy. Mm. That's that's a great question. Um, favorite summonable character. I feel there are some fun ones that I cannot think of off the top of my head. From like... Super Mario RPG or um man it's been a while I know I'm doing the same thing I'm th- I am a lot of games you can summon whiffing on this horribly I am too um man I I always liked Odin when you could summon Odin well, I don't, I, I don't Odin. like Odin because he was like the either automatic kill or not. Yeah, but but to me that was cool. It was like a it was like a coin flip. It was like a like you didn't know what was what was going to happen. I I, I kind of like that. This doesn't um, have to be about their eff- efficacy. It's no, it's just your favorite. Yeah, I I always just like the idea of summoning Odin. <clears throat> um. Uh. I'm trying to recall. Do, do you you know do you do you summon the the Pokemon? Would that count? Maybe you could put those. No, there aren't. There's no Pokemon summoning. Okay. Uh, Shows you what I know. Sugar. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> crap. There's like got to be a really goofy one. Like a, I'm I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, no, I know I'm missing something. Like I mean, I, I remember Knights of the Round is a pretty fun one. Knights or, of the Round it, was was awesome. Was it the Bahamut one in Final Fantasy VII where he basically obliterates the planet from orbit every time you summon him? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that just because yeah. it's so absolutely ridiculous. That was like the peak of ridiculous summons in Final Fantasy. Yeah, they they that was when it got out of control. Yeah. Went from fun to out of control. <laughs> and you um, couldn't skip it. You couldn't skip it. That was the big problem. How about 
Let's uh, see here. So Rosalon asks. Rosalon. Two questions. One. That's okay. We'll, we'll let you have two. Thoughts on the NX? <laughs> the NX is still pretty much a concept. And I was going to say, we don't know much about the Nintendo NX, do we? Seems like it was really only brought up just to show that Nintendo wasn't giving up on consoles, which is... My thoughts on it are, let's see if they say anything about it at E3. My guess is probably yeah. not, but let's see. I, I don't think so. I don't think there's any way possible they say anything about it at, I'm at E3. I'm curious. I'm also curious to see how the... Uh, not supplement, the... Uh, the successor to Club Nintendo works out with it. Um, secondly, thoughts on Nintendo partnering with Universal Studios. Oh, that's a news item we didn't talk yep, about. We missed that one. Yeah, Nintendo is going to open the theme park with Universal Studios or at least have some Nintendo themed rides, perhaps, at Universal Studios, which is I think that's a, I think like, it's a like, like Harry Potter Land at Universal yeah. Studios, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What the hell has been taking so long? Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. It's a great idea. The only issue that I that I see with it is that you know it's unlike a game where you can make something that is kind of fun for kids and adults. It's, I think it's harder to do that with a ride. Um, not impossible, but but more difficult. Yeah, I, I have not been down to Orlando since we went ten years ago. Yeah, we went to Universal. I haven't been to Disney World in like 15 years, so I like to go uh, back to both of those places. But go on. Go on, go on. Uh, VG Music Professor notes that uh, Nintendo already said they would not mention the NX at E3, which does not surprise me at all. Uh, E3 has kind of become a secondary thought to Nintendo a lot. You know, they they have their, oh yeah they have their Nintendo Directs, which are doing very well. They have the uh, Treehouse Live. I don't know if you've seen any of those with our good friend Mr. Pranger on them. Uh, where they actually get the guys from the Nintendo Treehouse and in, in NOA Treehouse to show off some games. That's that's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, I, Nintendo has done pretty well to make E3 their like take control of it, make it their own thing, and not worry about the big overblown press conferences and this, that, and the other. You know, they're they're doing okay with their own. Uh, well, I mean, they're doing fine. They're profitable again. That's good. Um, that is very good. Well, they're doing okay with their you know announcing things when they want. I think Nintendo, the reason why the whole universal thing is is cool is because Nintendo has, there there are still some avenues that Nintendo has not found to capitalize on the fact that they have a rampant fan base. Um, Something like, you know, theme park attractions are a way to be able to cater to that group of people, you know, in in kind of a different way, which is fantastic. I would love I would love to see some of that stuff come to life. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Agree. All right. Agreement. Let's see. How about Okay. How about your face? Um <laughs> Minami Kotori asks, What are your thoughts on Kotaku? Did you, did mm. either of you go there first to learn about Gamergate? Um, did definitely didn't go there first to learn about Gamergate. To learn, that's an interesting, interestingly worded question. Yeah, uh, in but I think you know Kotaku to me is kind of. I mean, I, I I go there, I check it out, but it's it's more akin to kind of what Joystick was before. Um, I um. I think I've mentioned this before. I don't really go to any video game website uh, uh, regularly like I used to years ago. 
I mostly get video game news from people I follow on Twitter um, and Reddit. Reddit. And actually yeah. Google News now, too. I'm using Google News a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, lately. Google now knows that I'm searching for all these new video games. and then Oh, they know exactly what you're searching for. Yeah, throws throws me all those uh, cool video games. Ha- having said that, and I've said this before, Jason Schreier, who works for Kotaku, I... I I enjoy a lot of his writing. Awesome. Uh, you know, he's not um, not perfect, but uh, he is probably the only person I'm actually really familiar with at Kotaku and uh, appreciate. So, excellent point. Uh, Captain Carnage asks, "Do you think that Kickstarter will be the future of game developers?" And I guess more maybe development. We actually had an episode mm-hmm. specifically geared toward that question. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Which we invite you to uh, go check out. But uh, I, I think the answer for us is definitively no. Um, <laughs> I think that's the conclusion that we came to in the episode. Um, we think it's it's absolutely an exciting and an awesome time to be in video game development because it's kind of back to the old you can, 90s garage days. Yeah, you can, you can use Kickstarter to get your game off the ground, but I don't think it's uh, the new normal. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, here we go. Russ asks, what would be the best video game to start a themed restaurant after? Now, that's the kind of question we needed to have. A themed restaurant mm. after a game. <clears throat> you know what that reminds me of? The now defunct Star Trek The Experience, which mm. was in uh, mm-hmm. um, Vegas, Vegas, uh, where they had like a, a stationary ride like your on a starship but part of it was that they had like quark's bar and the promenade from deep space nine right and they'd serve you things like romulan ale i never got to go makes me sad but um that always seemed like an interesting thing to me um food from a video game well it's not necessarily food but but what video game would you see as a themed restaurant that would be fun Uh, i mean and you can see this actually at a lot of barcades nowadays they will have video game related drinks and food mm-hmm. um uh and it's usually based off of no not one video game but multiple ones uh like you know fire flowers and maybe it's like a shot of fireball and something you know stuff like that and i know i think yahtzee from uh, zero punctuation he has like the mana bar which yeah. I, or if it's still there in australia or it's like an rpg related uh, bar, you know, where cool. you, yeah, yeah, that that would be a good one. Almost any RPG where you have like tinctures and tonics uh, sound like a right. good a good uh, basis for a lot of alcoholic drinks to be mixed. So. I think it's a great idea. I, I I would probably be more about the the theme than I would necessarily about the food. Um, I, I'm not sure where I would go with that. There's a lot of really cool game universes that I could see being made into a themed restaurant. An elite beat rage, uh, agent's restaurant. No, that was not on my list. <laughs> also, going back to the previous question, if you want, if you want some real talk, Carrara bringing the heat. Kickstarter is also a way for rich, tight-fisted jerkwads to fleece their naive fans. So, <laughs> wow, there you go. <laughs> Throw it down we, the gauntlet. We, we entertain all perspectives here. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, a themed restaurant, I could see a lot of cool things. Um, how about Skyrim? That would be cool. 
Yeah, like an RPG type thing. Well, yeah, and like a, and, like, a, like, a, like a tavern. Yeah, and there's lots of different you know, food types in there too. Someone, so. some some annoying like minstrel is sitting in the corner mm. and like strumming. I always like killing the Lord those guys. of Murder shall perish. That's not Skyrim. It's not Skyrim. It might as well be though. Um, Markies asks. I just started playing Illusion Ma- of Gaia. Maki Mak. No. And the funky From bunch. Gawchesta. I just started playing Illusion of Gaia, and it is fantastic. Yeah. You're right. It is. The end. With that, in, with that, yeah. With that in mind, what is your favorite Zelda clone game? Not actually, uh, and it says not actually a Zelda game, but very familiar. Dark Cloud. Oh, that's a good one. Dark Cloud is a fantastic Zelda clone. Well, I wouldn't say fantastic. It is Dark early... Cloud Two. Dark yes. Cloud Two is fantastic. Uh, Dark, Dark Cloud One is okay. Dark Cloud is an early early playstation 2 game and i think it's one of the first games made by level five yes which made uh dragon quest 8 dragon quest 9 uh nino kuni um and yes dark cloud 2 in fact you can see a lot of dark cloud 2 mm-hmm. in um uh, that was later kind of used as inspiration in uh uh, uh blah, 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 dragon quest 8 which is one mm. of my favorite RPGs of all time. Dark Cloud 2 is excellent. Um, Dark Cloud 2 is excellent. I would also say in the theme of Illusion of Gaia, which I obviously highly enjoyed, I even more enjoyed Terra Nigma, which is a spiritual sequel to that. Mm. Uh, also did a 16-bit gems on it. Again, obviously. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, it didn't get released in, the, in North America, but you can find it. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Excellent game. Top 10 in the Super Nintendo library, Sydney. Uh, Anton asks, what 8-bit or 16-bit game deserves another 8-bit or 16-bit sequel? This was done very well with uh, Mega Man when Mega Man 9 came out. Um, if you say Mega Man, I'll strangle you. <laughs> no, um, they already did that. It was, it was great. Um, well, but that's not really 8-bit. Like, I mean, that's, that's it's they a don't, modern... They, they did that eight bit. It was they did Mega Man nine eight bit. That's right. Suck it. I don't know, man. I I, I I'm thinking more of along the lines of yeah, VG music. I, I guess I guess that's I guess I see what you're saying. All, yeah. all right, fine. Maybe that maybe that maybe that works. But I when I read the question, I was thinking of like you would you know buy a cartridge, pop it in the Super Nintendo, and go. Um. Well, I'm thinking an 8-bit or 16-bit type sequel. Like, if that... It's not 16-bit. ActRaiser. ActRaiser is a good one. Um, I was going to say, like, Legend of Zelda, they've already done that with Link Between Worlds, essentially. Mm, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. uh, they do it all the time with New Super Mario Brothers. Um, uh, so, ActRaiser, uh, ActRaiser would be a great one. Um, Castlevania, which red mage noted uh, i was thinking about beforehand they haven't had a good original action platform in castlevania in like 15 no. years and i don't think they probably will ever again castlevania is uh, kind of dead right now it doesn't mean it will never come back but no I, i'm more excited about some of the other offshoots of <sighs> castlevania than castlevania itself castlevania could work i mean i feel like that that the reason that that Castlevania died in, in its earliest iterations was because that 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 game the whole kind of 
format kind of died out. It, it wasn't very fun anymore. It was played to death. Right, which is why I think it might no be able to come back. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, there's, there's so many more. Ah, uh, no. That's, that's, that's <coughs> not 16-bit. I don't know. I, I, I'm, st- I'm going to stick with Razor. I think that's a good one. Failing. Okay, let's talk about this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the flake gate? No, we're not asking that. We're not asking uh, that. Ask it's I'm bull, not doing it. It's bull crap. I'm not, I'm not doing it. You know it's bull crap. I'm not. Free Tom Brady. Sorry. Free, Free Brady. Tom Brady. It's good. It's, that's, that was it's not so a good, good accent. Man. I'm sorry. No. Tom. Tom. Okay. <laughs> from Dorchester. He's not from Dorchester. Dorchester. Lupicillo asks, with how with how cheap flash memory and solid state drives are getting, mm. do you see cartridges returning sometime soon? Oh, that's an interesting idea. It's a great idea. No. <laughs> now I think we're unfortunately moving toward digital distribution as the yes. the thing, that which the I thing. hate. I hate it. Yeah. Well, I don't hate it. I hate I, it. I, I hate elements of it. I like elements of it too. I've been using Club Nintendo to down, you know, the the last, last gasp, gasp of the rewards program to download games, and I'm like running out of space. I'm wondering how long, like, what happens in ten years if I want to play this game yeah. again, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, I can pull out my Nintendo 64, and I'm like, hey, look, it's Smash Brothers. I can just play it. I don't have to worry about downloading this and blah 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 blah. It's like, oh man. I'm. I mean, I'm. I want to get an Xbox One or a PS4 at some point. I still don't know which one to get willing to take suggestions maybe i'll wait till after e3 but um the whole fact that you can download back catalog games for those systems only as digital downloads i hate i hate i kind of i hate it like i hate hell all montagues and thee and thee i want physical discs that i know i can play 20 years down the line i kind of want to just buy a playstation 3 so I can buy the discs, which are dirt cheap right now. Like Nino Cooney selling for five bucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Hmm. I will say, though, flash drives like that uh, may bode well for future Nintendo systems, which are still cartridge-based. So we'll see. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and just to prove that I do have a new best friend in the video game music professor, <laughs> a suggestion for a... a Eight or sixteen-bit game that needed a sequel was the classic NES game, Jackal. Jackal, which has phenomenal music and is 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 one of my favorite NES games. My own personal favorite NES games. It totally should be should have a sequel. Um, I did okay. quote Shakespeare. Shakespeare at Cambridge. <laughs> um, <laughs> been a while since we we pulled on that one. Let's see. Hey, you know um, what? We oh, are still way over time. Just yeah, we're know. way over time. And uh, why don't I just throw up a couple more uh, questions here, rapid fire style? Let's see. Chicken. How about that? That was the answer. Broccolope asks: Would you rather have tentacles for hands, or your significant other have lobster claws for hands? Chicken. So this is the kind of question that we need more of. Thank you, Broccolope. Um, I think. I would rather have tentacles for hands because if I had tentacles, for, their tentacles are still functional. I can still pick things up. Yep, they're moist. 
I love moist things. <laughs> picking, um, picking things up, touching everything. Right. Plus, if you want to, you can pick up multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. I love, yes. I love a big pair of tentacles. Yeah. Tentacles Swing, definitely swinging over to and fro. Significant, significant other having like crab claws. Not a good idea. Crab people. Crab people. Um, last but not least, sorry, <laughs> folks. I have a ton of questions here. We're just not going to be able to get to them all because you all are just wonderful people. Um, I thought you were going to insult one, the crap out of everyone. No, no, no. There, there are a lot of great questions. I, I just, we just don't have. We're, we're way over time already. Uh, Logan <laughs> asked the question: Hey, are you guys going to discuss things like Gamergate or other controversies and stuff? Yes. Okay. With that. Thanks, everybody. Didn't we all already kind of? Well, he said other controversies and stuff. I'm sure there will be oh. other controversies and stuff for us to talk about. So, uh, yeah. So, actually, you know, that that is a point. And we brought this up because we talked about Gamergate before it was Gamergate, before it was called Gamergate. Mm. We, it's it, true. Yeah, if you look back in the archives on Echo Screen Live, I think it was called uh, Ethics in Video Game Journalism. Mm-hmm. There you go. Before it became a meme. Yep. Um, yep. And if you want to hear what we think about that particular topic... I would highly suggest you look at it as one of our more popular episodes. The, the Gamergate has really been conflagrated by both sides into a giant mess of stuff. And on, you know, part of it is the ethics in video game journalism. Part of it is sexism or perceived sexism and all sorts of stuff in, in, and in, in misogyny and video game culture, which right. we kind of address today. So we kind of separated it in because it should be separated. It's it's really should not be conflagrated all into one big mess. We talked about the ethics thing before. We kind of talked about politics and video game journalism or in video games tonight. So if you want to, you can merge those together, listen to them both at the same time, and it's like you're listening to a gamergate debate. Right. There you go. The end. Perfect. Also Soft. tentacle hands. All right. Uh, hopefully, you got enough of Bet Midler facts to last you a lifetime on this. Welcome podcast. to Bet Midler facts. Did you know Bet Midler has two tentacles for hands? She got <laughs> them implanted. She got them implanted while filming beaches. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I figure we derailed it off the top with Bet Midler. Might 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 as well derail it on the bottom at the same. Same exact way. Welcome to Bet Midler Facts. Did you know that Bet Midler once derailed a train and killed 15 people? Actually, we had the whole game track thing happened. With their bare tentacles. That was poor form. Never mind. Yeah, I was about to say, what, are you are you going for topical news? There? Too soon. Hell? Yeah. By stretching. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, Wait, okay, people. What are you stretching well, with your tentacles? No. <laughs> um, we, yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, no comment. So uh, you are now you can now say you spend another good long hour and a half with us listening to Bet here on the Echo Screen Live in another horribly failed attempt to cut the show down to an hour. Um, never happens for. Yeah. For, for those of you that are expecting an hour long podcast, we're sorry for those of you that like to hear the sound of our voice. What is wrong with you? No, seriously. I mean, that's not rhetorical. Tell us what's wrong with you. How do you tell us what's wrong with you? All you have to do, if you'd like to tell us what's wrong with you, or if you have suggestions for the program, 
simply get back to us. You know my, my Twitter handle. It's at It's the Commodore. It's. I'm looking up conflagrate. Hold on. Apparently I was using, I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a different word because apparently it means it's cause to start burning. Yeah. What the hell word is I trying to think of? Conflagrate. It, it's, if you mash, it's mashed into a messed up stew. That's what Gamergate is. There you go. It's on fire. Oh yeah. What's my thing? My Twitter handle is Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W. Excellent. Or at that, I should say. There you go. Good. All right, folks. Um, so we will be back in two weeks because, as you know now, we don't even have to tell you about when we're going to be back. You want to know why? Because we're on every. <laughs> it's regular now. You freezing fool. What did I, I? I froze. I'm sorry. You froze with a really stupid look on your face. So it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Truffle butter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I found out what that was recently. Conflate. Um, Thank you, Techie. Techie is always there to correct me when I say stupid things. (laughs) Yes. The the thing is conflated, not not on fire. We know words. Yeah, two Um, weeks. So so join us on uh, June the 3rd. We will will undoubtedly... Probably talk about E3 stuff. Yeah, we we will undoubtedly probably uh, not only freeze (laughs) in that, in that podcast, but we will also misuse words and uh, butcher grammatical constructions. Yeah, this whole conversation got cornflaked. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with, with that, I'm, I'm not even going to try to to figure out a way to tie this whole thing up. Yep. Thank you all for for listening and bearing with our our Bette Midler facts. Thank you all for <laughs> for dealing with all of the uh, the different insanity that comes with the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. For Rue, I am the Commodore, and there is no reset button. Wienergate. Welcome to Bet Midler Facts. Did you know? This really hurts my cheek.